Well, good morning. Good, uh, wow, sense of God's presence in the room. I love the way you led us, Jan. Thank you. He's gone and he's not in the room. Thank you for seeing, but just, well, being brave and courageous and leading us in a different way. And it was so good um, to be in God's presence together. Um, so today, um, we, this, it says prayer on the slide, and I will get to prayer. But this is uh, something of a, uh, a shaping, if you like, a focus uh, in line with our vision um, for the year ahead, essentially, for the next season that we are entering into as Citygate uh, Church. And I want to bring some thoughts, therefore, into some of the things that we're going to press into and uh, how we're going to do that uh, together as a community. Um, so we are going to be in the Bible. So Luke 5, uh, if you want to be turning there, um, and we're going to read from that in just a moment. Um, Luke Gospel um, in the New Testament, chapter 5. It will come up on the screen, but if you've got a Bible, why not look it up or get it onto your machine? It's good practice uh, to do that together. Um, so I actually want to speak on following and fishing this morning. And um, if you are a follower of Jesus, then my heart is that we would become closer, that we would follow closer, i.e. him, and we become closer as one another. That's why I love what we did in worship this morning. And that we would fish bolder. Closer and bolder, following and fishing. And I believe, and I think a number of us are believing that Citygate Church, this church, this community, by God's grace, may well be on the brink, and, and we often think like this or hope for this, but because of various things that are happening, it, we may well be on the brink of some, what I would like to call some extraordinary growth and new birth salvation. Thank you. <laughs> and part of the reason I believe that is because of the prophetic that is over us. And I want to hit a couple of prophetic words um, so that you, you can see these and. Uh, two. What's prophecy? It's, we believe that God speaks today. We believe he gives us uh, words by his Holy Spirit, his kind of things for us to be able to encourage us, to kind of call us back to him sometimes and to spur us on to a brighter, better kind of future in him too. And uh, a couple of prophetic words therefore. The first one from Jackie Francis and she saw a sewing machine, like the one on the picture here on the screen, a massive kind of sewing machine. And she said there were these, all these multicolored threads being woven together. And every time the arms swung across, the threads were woven towards one another, interconnected. And this thing just got bigger and bigger, longer and longer. And it produced what was like a kind of interconnected mat-like blanket, she said. And then she was like, God, what is this? And she felt, said, she felt God say that as it got larger, longer, and tighter, she, God said, it's a net. There is a great shoal of fish coming from one end of BCP, Bournemouth, Christchurch, and Poole, traveling to the other end. It's a great word, I believe, of what God might be doing amongst us. And then there's another word from, uh, this time from Richard Crocombe, 
He talked about the fact that recent times, together as a community, uh, he felt that we've been standing like and just being faithful, which is absolutely right, and, and kind of um, standing our ground, if you like. Um, but that God was saying we're not just called to defend, but that God wanted to give us the ball, as it were, in this season. He wants to give us power and authority to make the plays. And Rich talked about us moving in kingdom power, that we would see tangible victories as God is with us and goes before us. And I want to just kind of use those words, if you like, as a framework for what I want us to press into, what I believe in God for, and what I'm hoping he is going to do in and through us. So I went to perhaps an obvious place, I'm a simple chap, a couple of stories about a miraculous catch of fish. So if you want to go to Luke chapter 5, I'm going to read a few bits and I'm going to just bring a few comments as we go um, and then we'll see what God wants to do um, with us. So one day, this is early in the gospel, Jesus is at uh, the lake of Gennesaret um, in Luke 5 and uh, people crowding around him and he's, he sees some empty boats that are fishermen's boats and he gets into Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's boat and he pushes out a little bit from the shore and he begins to teach the people. He sat down and he taught the people. What was he teaching them? He was teaching them, no doubt, about who God was and about the kingdom of heaven and that that kingdom that they both represent, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is at hand. I'm going to kind of come in at verse 4. When he had finished speaking, this is Jesus, he said to Simon, put into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down my nets. Little comment, something to notice. They were fishermen. Jesus was a carpenter. Are you sure, Jesus? We've been fishing all night. We should know our trade, right? We have caught zippo, nothing, no fish. <laughs> but notice this, because you say so. They've already seen something of who Jesus is and the authority that he speaks with and the things that he has done. Is this obedience? Well, maybe. It's kind of half-hearted obedience. I think it's like, I don't know, I don't know, Jesus. But we will. Verse 6. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. What do we notice here? The fish catch is so large. The nets cannot contain the catch. They began to break. They put them and tried to fill both boats, but the boats began to sink. 
They are overwhelmed by the number of this incredible miracle. Neither at that point where the net or the boat are fit for purpose under the weight of what Jesus has done in that moment. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he, (laughs) Simon Peter, and all his companions were absolutely astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. What do we notice here? In the presence of God, Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, in his presence comes encounter. Peter is encountering Jesus in this moment in an absolute incredible way. How many people know that you have to come into contact with God, with Jesus, in order to know him and to be transformed by him? It all starts with encounter. It's where it all starts And it's where we should never depart from. As we continuously want to be with Jesus. As we want to become more like him. Peter is completely undone. His sin in front of this holy man brings him to his knees. He recognizes that there's something between him and Jesus that that is unhealthy. And it's his, his utter humanity, if you like, of Peter that drops him to his knees. As he looks into Jesus' eyes, he looks into the face of someone full of grace. He's broken, he's humbled. He knows his own sin. He sees the authority because this amazing miracle is something that he has been a part of. Let's read on a little bit. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore. Here's here's an amazing kind of five words. They left everything And they followed him. Something of that following started in that moment of encounter with Peter. All the other guys around him, they're fishing in community together. They're all impacted. They all leave their nets, their boats, their livelihood, it seems, everything. In order to follow this man because of the beauty within him, because of the authority that he speaks with, because there is something tangibly precious about him and they want to be with him. As a result of that moment, Jesus gives Peter a divine purpose in his life. He says, you've been fishing for fish. I'm going I'm to make you fish for men. I'm going to make you. It's Jesus' initiative I'm going to help you to be a fisherman of people. God calls us to follow 
and he calls us to fish. It's the master plan. It's been his plan from the beginning that as he partners with his people, his mission is extended in the world. If our purpose is to worship him, then our mission is to tell others about him so that they can worship him too. Yes? If you follow, it seems that you fish hand in hand like strawberries and cream. They go together. Yeah? If you follow, you fish. It's hard to fish for people if you're not following the one who is the ultimate fisherman. But if you follow, there's a sense in which you can't help but fish. If you follow close enough because of who Jesus is and what he brings. And I believe this whole story is a picture of, yes, it's a picture of life with Jesus to follow him closely. But it's also such a a great illustration of, of the great multitude. And that's what the word means here, large number of fish, multitude of people, if you like, that are destined one day, chosen by God before the creation of the world. We heard that last week, didn't we? Um, A couple of weeks ago. To be with him forever, saved, added into his community for all time. There's also a parallel story later on in John 21. And I want to read this one too. Because there's some amazing similarities, but there is a couple of key differences. This one happens much later, okay? The disciples would have been together with Jesus for quite some time. This is after Jesus' resurrection. It's after Peter, who has been on this roller coaster of a journey of following Jesus, and actually perhaps at his lowest ebb just before this, where he has denied his Savior three times. And they're back out again, and they're a bit despondent. Jesus died, if you like. They haven't necessarily seen him resurrected. Um, And here they are, this time at the Sea of Galilee, and eight of them on Peter's kind of decision, because he's a bit fed up and he's a bit down. He says, I'm off fishing. I'm going out in the boat. That's what they've done. That's what they've always loved. John 21. I'm going to read from verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And then verse 5, he called out to them, Friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. It seems again they've been fishing uh, all night, but they had caught nothing. He said, Jesus said to them, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, And you will find some. (laughs) When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, 
about 100 yards. It's going to jump down a little bit. Jesus says, bring some of the fish over that you have caught. He wants to fry them up for breakfast for them. And then we read this. Simon Peter climbed back into the boat, dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. There's loads of similarities. An amazing miracle. Simon Peter and all the disciples out in the boat. No fish, loads of fish. But there's one great difference. This time, the nets did not tear. The boats did not sink. They brought the whole haul, as it were, into the shore and rescued, if you like, caught all the fish that Jesus had kind of brought to them in that moment. The net was held, the catch was huge, everyone was a winner. And it led to this amazing kind of reinstatement of Peter as he was forgiven by Jesus there and then on the beach. This got me thinking. It got me thinking two things. It's like something between those two moments happened. The fishermen mended their nets. They prepared them. They got them ready. They strengthened them. They may have lengthened them. They may have tightened them. But they definitely enhanced, if you like, their fishing method <laughs> between one catch and the other. And it made me thinking, we've, we've caught some fish. We have seen many people and lives transformed. And we are. But I'm just wondering if there is a bigger catch for us to come. If there is a great shoal of fish moving from one side of BCP to the other... Are we ready to bring in this mighty miracle that God wants to do, perhaps, with us? Two things I think the disciples did. They assessed. Where are the holes? Where is it weak? Where are we weak? So they looked at their, themselves and they looked at their structures. And I've been doing that a little bit as well. And we've been doing that as a team in terms of us as a community. Ed talks about being revival ready. And I love his phraseology. And I believe we need to be that as a people. We have seen 15 or so people in the last year give their lives to Jesus. New birth, salvation, who are in discipleship relationships, being added into our community. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? We saw about 30 or so people come on our two alpha courses. Some of the people who got saved come out of that. Not all of them. We baptized 19 or so people last year. Hallelujah. It's beautiful what God is doing. And I give all glory to him for everyone. But is there not more? I'm provoked <laughs> that God might want to bring a huge, miraculous catch of fish to us. Second thing they would have done, they would have prepared. They would have mended their nets. They were washing them, tightening them, as I said, strengthening them. And we've been thinking over recent years, what does it mean for us to get our nets ready for many to enter into his kingdom? But not just to kind of come in, but also to 
be made a disciple of, to help them to follow closely what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and also to help them one day to be able to fish in terms of the things that God has asked us to do. And for me, I just want to take three areas that I believe God's working on for us. He's done some of this, he's doing it, and there's more to come. The first one is people. He wants each one of us to be ready. We are his hands and feet. That's probably not a revelation to you if you are a believer in the place today. We are the threads of the net. Together, we become a huge net. It's what Jesus has done in this story. He takes fishermen and he kind of humbles them like we've all been as we give our lives to Jesus in that moment and he transforms us into his likeness so that we can live the way he lived, do the same things that he did and speak the way that Jesus spoke through understanding who God is and his word in our hearts. So it is for us. As we grow to know Jesus, as we grow to love him, we fall in love with people because God is in love with people. He loves people. And it comes from this heart of compassion. After humility comes a love for Jesus and a love for others that it comes from him through us to those around us. And then I believe there's this sense of courage and boldness. That as we get closer to God and one another, there's this whole sense of being bolder, more courageous. One of our kind of culture words with who we are and what Jesus has done in our life. And the fact that this world is hungry to know truth and to find a different way to live for him. And then there's a sense of obedience, which I hinted at earlier. Even in Peter's, what I would call, half-hearted obedience, we, we don't think it's going to work, Jesus. We don't, we don't think you're there. We fished all night. But because you say, I'm going to put my nets down. The timing won't always be perfect. The people, we're definitely not perfect. But Christ honors that tiny mustard seed of faith. And any small step that we take in this, God will multiply our belief to bring much more than we could ever think or imagine. You know what I love? In terms of the obedience, Jesus says, fish here. That's an instruction for Peter. He wants you to fish here this side of the boat or go out into deep waters and go the other side of the boat or put your nets down again this is obedience if you like for us but guess what that's where the fish go fish here Jesus where he wants them so that they can be caught I love this divine human partnership he orchestrates we follow he Put something out there, we get the opportunity to partner with him. 
to see powerful miracles through us because of him. Let's never forget, he is the orchestrator of all of life. He has everyone and everything and every moment in his hands. So God is, I believe, empowering the people in this day. And I don't believe it's just us. This is not unique to CityGate. I believe it's across this nation in terms of what he wants to do. Empowered with the Spirit, ready to extend the kingdom. And that's why in this year, we are talking about thousands of kingdom moments that are us working in obedience with the Father to see his kingdom come. We've spent a whole year last year looking at the teaching on the kingdom, what it is, what it isn't, how he is the the king of all things and how we have a place as his kingdom representatives on this earth. So I'm going to show a short video trailer, if you like, for some of what we're going to do this year together and uh, take a look at this and I'll come and hopefully be able to unpack it a little bit too. Thousands of kingdom moments that create a ripple across BCP as God moves in and through us, extending his kingdom, all for his glory, not for us, not for us, all for his glory. Where are these kingdom moments going to take place? We're the people. What are the places? Well, streets out there, highways and byways. It's where Jesus went uh, most of his mission. He was out there um, in terms of talking to people, explaining and teaching who he was and what the kingdom of heaven was all about. Here's Here's a slide. Love this slide. This is where we were all placed in BCP. If you show the map... Um, on the screen. This is us. I don't know if you can get that. It's quite... Oh, no, that's all right. That's all right. So if there's a red dot, it's someone who goes to Sobo, Southbourne Community. If you're a blue dot, if you're a member here, then um, you're on the map uh, where you live. That's your address, okay? And uh, I love that because we are literally spread across the whole bay. It's like an interwoven net, isn't it? of where we live, work, and play. And um, just, I guess, by aside, if you're 
if you're looking in on this community and you haven't kind of made a commitment to it, we call it like being rooted, rooting yourself in a local church, then why not think about that uh, too? Then you can get on the map, all right? Uh, but there's also, <laughs> there's a lot more benefits to that, obviously. It's not just about being on the map. Um, but I wanted to put that up, and, and across that bay, and I believe there are shoals of fish in our hospitals, in our schools, in our university, and in some of the bigger workplaces. There are shoals of fish in every place. Do you get that? And where you live, work, and play, and socialize, you are mixing with people who God may well have be calling into his kingdom and they're waiting for a kingdom moment as you and I partner with the Holy Spirit, closer with him, bolder with who he is and what he's done in our lives, introducing them to the amazing Savior that can transform their life forever. Isn't that amazing? And we each get to play a part. Some other places, small groups. You can fish with a rod and a line, and you'll catch some. You can fish with a net, and you'll catch a lot more. Okay? The difference between an individual fisherman and a group of fishermen, like we've read here, is significant. And our life groups are places across that bay where pockets of those dots come together to form a community who are seeking to follow and to fish together. And we want to enhance the fishing aspect of that within our communities. But we don't want to enhance that without the following aspect as we get closer to Jesus together. Because, as I've said, they're hand in hand. Remember? Strawberries and cream. Peter had his partners, small groups of life, living for him across the bay. We've got great groups already We've got more people than we can fit into groups right now. And I wonder if God, the Holy Spirit, is nudging you as someone who potentially could gather a group of people and form a life group. Tim Francis right now is thinking about, he's starting to gather a group of men who like golf it's, I don't know if it's exclusive to men. It seems to be at the moment. I guess if you're a lady who uh, likes golf, you can speak to Tim. Um, but it's coming around a, a hobby, and they're beginning to meet together. They're playing golf together. There's friends that they have who also play golf who don't yet know Jesus, who may be able to come into that. And all the while, they're going deeper in their conversations with one another. And it's a great thing. Maybe you could do something like that around a pastime. Maybe you have a passion for your local area. We have groups in Poole. We obviously have groups in Southbourne. We have thoughts and plans that God might want to take us over to Poole one day. Or maybe there's groups in the north area of Bournemouth and you're passionate about your geography. Maybe you could gather a few people from that area, begin to kind of get closer with God and begin to pray into those areas. At the end of our time, if God is stirring you, I'd love to kind of, for you to stand to make a commitment and say, I don't know all that that means yet. And we are committed to help you become someone who could lead a group like that because we believe they're so crucial to help us both follow, to be made disciples of, but also to be able to hold some of these fish that God will bring to us. So that's life groups. Sundays, oh, 
with God's presence here with us when we meet. They are places for us to invite our friends into because the tangible presence of God when it's in this place has great effect. People will be undone just like Simon Peter. So we want to keep building his presence here on a Sunday, leaving room for him to do what he does as we continue to encounter him because we must continue to do that so that we can be fully empowered and equipped to do what he wants us to, to kind of go for this year as we press in to what he's speaking over us. We've started to give a gospel opportunity here every week. We're going to endeavor to try to do that and make room for that. But we'd love it if it came naturally because people are already in this place, moving in and out of God's presence and seeking him together. We've had three people respond to that gospel call already this year, which is amazing. I wonder how many more God will have for us. Some specific events. Last place, we've got um, things like Easter, which I think will be wonderful. There's loads of people getting baptized. We're praying up towards that. Um, we've got a guest speaker coming here called Lauren Windle. She's going to be uh, doing an alpha, kind of pre-alpha evening talk. Look out for that. It's coming very soon. You can invite people in. We've got the alpha courses that will run in spring and autumn. In the summer, we're going to do something called Love BCP on a Sunday, the 30th of June, where we're going to come to church, as it were, but we're not going to stay in the building. We're going to go into the community, and we're going to serve and love our town as best we can with some things that we can do, um, some prayer, some practical things, uh, some uh, opportunities to just be out of our four walls and to see what God might do with us in that space. Lastly, I want to talk about practices. People, places, and practices. God wants to teach us. And I'll, we want to be able to help you with this. So it's not a burden, but a joy. And the way we're going to do this is we framed it around these three words. Prayer, care, and share. Simple Unfortunately, it rhymes again. Everything I seem to come up with does. Seeing lives transformed every day across the... <clears throat> but it does help me remember it. Prayer fuels the mission. Prayer brings the power that changes our hearts and the hearts of those around us. I believe God would want us to get on our knees just like Peter was as we encounter him and to start to pray, if you like, for his kingdom to come around us. We'll be doing this in our Elevate prayers. We'll do it on Sundays. We'll do it in other contexts. But I want, I want, I want to ask you if you would consider praying for the people that you know and love who you would love to see come to know Jesus. If we all started praying for three or five people and we did it consistently, I believe it would be an incredible sort of commitment to God that we're serious about this. And guess what? As we pray for 
others and for opportunities, we will be given those opportunities because that's what God does. I want to tell a quick story, but I don't know if I've got time for it. I haven't really. I believe God would help us to teach us to pray together. And we're going to be working some of this stuff out through life groups. So after this week in your groups, we're going to just look at who you could be praying for. It would be amazing if everyone went with a little prayer list and had it on their phone or on their mirror. Each morning, just get up, just praying for a number of people. It's the fuel for anything and everything that we do. Let me just tell you this. D.L. Moody, great man of faith, he had a, a prayer list. It's a different level, okay? So we're, I would suggest you might think about three or five. D.L. Moody had a prayer list of 100, okay? That's just where he got to. You might have a lot more friends like D.L. Moody. Um, he had 100 people on his prayer list. Um, he saw 96, every time someone got saved, he'd cross them off the list. He saw 96 of those people come to faith before he died. And guess what? At his funeral, the other four on that list gave their lives to Jesus. Isn't that an amazing story? Let it stir your heart. Build faith. Because I believe God wants to do thousands of kingdom moments through you, through me, every day, across this bay, that there would be a, a mighty revival of God's blessing upon us, that he would give us a miraculous catch of fish. Why don't we stand together? If I could just have a keyboard or someone to help me as we respond here. There's a lot in there, and I knew there was a lot in there. But we're going to be unpacking this over the next couple of weeks. Unpacking it in life groups. If you're not in a life group, you can still try and get into one. There are some with vacancies, and I would encourage that. Check out the website. Places where this can get earthed. And you can ask your questions that we can work this out together. Actually, Anne, come on. You started off so well. I, I, I know we've only got five minutes, right? But I'd love you to bring us back to Jesus. That, that sense of, he is sweet. It's honey on our lips. Can we just start there? Just maybe just for a refrain, just come back to Jesus. Just for a few moments. As we're loving Jesus... Because that's what this is all about, right? Just as we were encountering him earlier. Why don't you just surrender yourselves again to him in this place? 
What does it mean for you this year to follow him closely? There's a big burden of mine that we can follow him closely, but we, we don't really have others around us that we're close to either. And I believe God wants to bring us closer. And that's why life groups are helpful, but it's not just that. Friendships who help us to become more like Jesus. It's a big burden for me and for you. As we get larger, I want you to be able to be authentic with people that you know and love. And they're going to spur you on to all that is good God, God good for your life. And know this, God wants you to fish. There's no one disqualified. Some will bring in tens, hundreds, perhaps thousands. Others will, will have one or two conversations. But God has called us to fish. Allow him to just change your heart in whatever way you're kind of stirring with that at the moment. You might be full of faith. You might be full of fear. We should be humbled like Peter and we should remain in that place because he's the one who brings the fish does the saving gets the glory but it's a beautiful thing to be able to partner with him let's love on Jesus again